It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation. What's happening? What's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. Tuesday edition of Lockdown Rams. It's just your boy breaking it down today. Got a full episode for you guys. Got a few questions. I had reached out to social media and you guys had hit me up, so I'm going to answer some of those questions. Going to recap a few things that went around the NFL this weekend, as well as always looking forward to next season. But before we get off and running, I want to take a couple seconds here for kind of more of a a personal announcement. And this is something I haven't done before, but this podcast has brought a lot of awesome things to my life. And being able to share with you guys is really important to me. And I appreciate you guys listening in. We try to do as many podcasts as can, but life comes up and sometimes doesn't allow that. And late last week and over the weekend, my girlfriend, who is really, really, really important to me, has been going through some things with her family. A cousin of hers, there were five of them all born in the same year, really close. And her cousin Parker is a huge Rams fan. And if you know from listening, my girlfriend Gloria is a Chargers fan. So I always really had a good feeling about Parker from the day that she first talked about him. And it all started last season, about mid-season. He turned 26 years old got a birthday gift to go to a Rams game. A month later, he found out he had cancer. Well, Parker never made it to that game because he instantly, within a month, was fighting cancer with chemo, and he continued to do so throughout the whole season. I was able to see Parker right before he went into a surgery where he was going to have a tumor removed. Again, this guy got everything in the world thrown at him. But one of the things I could say from the few times I got to meet Parker is he's an extremely strong individual. He continued to fight He beat that tumor. He went through intense chemotherapy. He did it with a smile. He did it with fight. He never complained. He never asked why me. He had his family supporting him all the way through the end. But late last week, Parker, after fighting through his tumor, found out that not only was the cancer back, but the cancer had also changed into a very rare form of leukemia, and he had another tumor in his body. Again, I just want to share this story because life is so precious. Parker was 26 years old when he passed away. He had over 35 to 40 family members with him at the hospital fighting to the very last breath. Although I didn't know Parker very well, I knew him through stories that my girlfriend had told me about. And I knew he was a huge Rams fan. And that was one thing we always connected on. And I'll continue to rep Parker and the Rams. It was fun to know that he got to watch his team reach the Super Bowl. I also want to give a shout out to Jerron and Aaron from Hawaii. Listeners, they actually sent me a LA Rams Super Bowl towel that I was able to give Parker the last time uh, that I actually got to see him. We had a very brief conversation about the Rams. I was able to pass on the towel. It was the one little thing that I felt that I could do to maybe bring a smile and the Rams connection that I knew that we had. So I just want to ask you to keep Parker and his family in your thoughts and prayers. Uh, He's part of Rams Nation. He's part of my girlfriend's family, which, you know, makes him a part of my family. So heavy heart as I record this podcast today and very emotional, but I did want to mention that because uh, life is crazy. Life is short. And while we're here, I just hope that we can leave a mark on people in our family like Parker did. So uh, with that said, I'm just going to have a quick moment of silence. We'll come out on the other side, talk about a few other things. Rest in peace, Parker.
All right, guys, thanks for letting me do that. Uh, man, I don't think I've ever really gotten teary-eyed on a podcast before, but there it is. And, you know, it just uh, had to be done, and I had to share that heavy heart. So uh, I appreciate you guys listening to me and letting me uh, use this platform, not only to talk to you guys about RAM stuff, but just talk to you about everything that's going on in my life. You know, recently I've talked to you about moving and some of the other things that I have going on in my life. So I uh, just wanted to share that as this is a platform for uh, to kind of get those things out. But uh, tough transition here. So I figured what we do is uh, I saw this really cool tweet from Johnny Hecker. He went out and hung out with his old Oregon State football buddies. The coach had invited him in to talk to the players. And uh, he had a pretty awesome speech, one I think that we all should listen to. So here's Johnny Hecker addressing the Oregon State football team. We'll be back, talk it over right after this. Gentlemen, how we doing? How we doing? A great work today, man. It's fun for me to come back and watch the energy you guys have. And man, it really takes me back. You know, I've, I've got a, a placard in my locker that our special teams coach gave me that it says, if every teammate was like me, how good of a team would we be? So I ask myself that sometimes when I open up my locker, if, okay, if every teammate went in the weight room and, and worked out like I'm about to work out, how good is this workout going to be? How good are we going to become? You know, if, if everyone in the meal room picked up their dishes and, and did things the way I do it, how good is this uh, cafeteria going to look when we're all done? So I don't, I don't think uh, you know, a football team is just limited to what you do on the practice field. It's how you interact with uh, the strength staff, with people uh, you know, in the cafeteria. It's with your teachers, it's with uh, you know, equipment staff, everybody that's around you. You guys are leaving uh, you know, ripples behind you and you're representing this university and each other in every interaction that you have. So the brotherhood that you guys have is special and you're only gonna go as far as a team is as close as you guys get because everyone knows the best teams that you've been a part of were the closest, they're your brothers, you know, the, the kids that you played with since, since Pee Wee football all the way through high school, those are your family. Stay strong, do your homework, man. But, um, I love Corvallis. You guys are all my family now. You know, I, I still have a lot of names to learn and people to meet, but just know that if you guys need anything, I'm here for you. Uh, once a beeve, always a beeve. So thanks for having me back, and man, just keep working. God bless you guys. You break up out of here. All right, hell yeah, let's go. Hey, let's go, family on three. One, two, three. Family. Again, that was Johnny Hecker talking to the Oregon State football team. Pretty awesome stuff, man. I love that. I love that they finished with uh, just how the Rams did, family on three. And he talks about that placard he has up in his locker that says, if every teammate was like me, how good would our team be? Going on to talk about how that is when you practice, when you're in the cafeteria, when you're dealing with the medical staff, all that type of stuff. And it really reflects back on what type of a leader Johnny Hecker is, and really that what that feeling was in that 2018 locker room with the Rams and how everyone had that mindset. And that was what was being pushed from the top down to the bottom, from special teams coach to head coach to punter, all the way across the board, that these guys had this mindset of it's not just what you're doing on the field. And you know, the football team isn't just judged by what you do on the field, that it's how you go in the weight room. It's how you deal with people in the organization, how you deal with the Rams, the community, all that type of stuff. Uh, and they did it perfect and they did it well. And everyone was on the same page. And you see these teams that go up and down through seasons and have, uh, you know, reports leaked and 
uh, teammates going back and forth, and you see some of the ugly things that have played out, even you know, looking now and Tonio Brown and still going at Juju Smith Schuster, who, you know, was just on his team not too long ago, never had an issue with them, and all of a sudden you see these things getting played out in the media. I know that may be a little bit of different scenario, but I just thought this is awesome. Johnny Hecker is awesome. I heard this speech. And it's a no-brainer why this guy is a captain of the team uh, year after year. And the guys look up to him, especially from the position. You think, all oh, punter, special teams, not important. Well, that's not the case on our team and this organization, the way that they look at it. So I love that. I love hearing Johnny talk about football. I love him talking about preparation and all the things outside of football because we all know how awesome of a man Johnny Hecker is. So I loved it. I had to share it. I needed some motivation. And what better way than Johnny Hecker to close out the segment. So uh, with that being said, what we're going to do is we're going to step aside. We're going to take a break. We're going to get some words from some sponsors. And the network will be right back on the other side. Locked on Rams Tuesday, Bear Mater, right after this. God's plan. God's plan. I can't do this on my own. Hey. The Suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trail Blazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football with your Locked On Fantasy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry, you can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. All right, Rams Nation, we are back. Second segment, Locked On Rams, your host, Bear Motter. Remember, you guys can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the new streaming app, Himalaya. If you don't have it, go to your iTunes store or Android store and get the new app, Himalaya. It's an awesome streaming app. They are now featuring all of our Locked On podcasts on there. And if you guys aren't listening, check out Locked On NFL with Matt Williamson. He is killing it weekly with awesome guests. We also have... Draft Dudes, which is covering all the things you need leading up to the draft and locked on NFL draft. So those guys are killing it. Make sure to check those out. All can be found on the new streaming app, Himalaya. So go check that out. 
Also, give us a follow on Lockdown Rams, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Hit me up. I reached out to you guys last minute. I used to do this on Twitter where I did Big Ups Tuesdays. Reach out to you guys. Get some questions, comments, concerns. I talk about it. I hit it up late today, so I got a few that came in. So I want to get to those. Uh, but I want to encourage you guys to get back, getting interactive with the podcast and asking some questions and let you guys drive some of the content. It is always fun to listen to what you guys want to hear about. So feel free to reach out to me or hit me on the Gmail, LockdownRams at gmail.com. A couple things I want to talk about before we get to some of those questions. Saw today that Sean Mannion signed with the Vikings. No word on the money or the length of the contract, but he looks to back up Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. Minnesota just loves Rams leftover quarterbacks. Obviously, they picked up Bradford a while ago, tried to give him an opportunity. They picked up Case Keenum after he was let go from the Rams, and now here they are again picking up Sean Mannion. I think it goes to say, if you're in a quarterback room with Sean McVay, Zach Taylor, who's now a head coach of Cincinnati Bengals, Jared Goff. Uh, you probably picked up some things, probably have some pretty good experience. Never really got a fair shake out here as far as playing opportunity. I mean, well, then again, maybe I'm lying. He got the whole four games of the preseason, didn't do much with it. You know, maybe just wasn't the right fit for him out here. We're looking to move on at the backup quarterback position. Obviously, we went on to sign Blake Bortles. I think an upgrade, but good luck to Sean Mannion out in Minnesota. One of my favorite memories of Sean Mannion, I'll never forget, is me and James, co-host of Rams Podcast, went out to training camp two years ago. And we had our L.A. hats and our shirts on, and we were so excited. It was our first training camp. And if you guys have never been, I highly recommend you going this upcoming season because it's so fun. They put out these fences, and you can get right up next to the players. And after practice, the players walk around and do autographs and take pictures and are really interactive. And it's just a bunch of fun. And and <laughs> there goes James with his hat trying to get an autograph. His whole goal was getting some autographs to come out. He wanted to really build a memory and he got Tremaine Johnson to sign his hat, really stoked about it. And, you know, I was trying to get Jared Goff, but, the, you know, there were just thousands of people around him. So he just stood up against the fence. Here comes Sean Mannion. He's like, all right, Sean Mannion, quarterback, let's get it. As Sean Mannion is signing his hat, James yells out, hey, Sean, you're the man. You're going to be the starter over Goff this year. Woo, let's go. Sean Mannion never looked so confused. He looked up at him like, dude, are you serious? You're talking about the number one overall draft pick and I'm going to start over him? Even Sean Mannion knew his role at that point uh, during training camp. It was just hilarious when James came back to me. He was like, oh my God, I can't believe what I just said. I told him he's going to be the starter. Even he looked at me crazy. I just love that because we had a laugh the whole time back. And now that hat is two for two on no longer plays with the Rams. So James probably has that hat somewhere buried in his closet now. I always love that story because James was pretty embarrassed about just blurting that out. But it was really, really funny to see Sean Mann's face. I saw his face. I was like, James, what did you say? Oh, the good old times. We got to get James back here. Will you guys start tweeting at James and tell him you miss him on the podcast? My man's got a baby. I know he's got some things going. But I miss our conversations we had. We got to get some banter going. I need him back as a regular guest on Lockdown Rams. So tweet at him. Let him know you miss him. I know he likes that stuff. And we'll just lead into some of the questions because thankfully my man James is looking out for me. He submitted a question today, which we'll get to his question. But I put my questions up on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And I've got it. I got one from each. So I'll pull one from each area. We'll start with Facebook. This was actually the first one to entry. Will Powell, longtime listener. 
Big ups to Will Powell. Thanks so much for supporting the show. You're always liking, retweeting, uh, and commenting on stuff. So I really do appreciate it. He says, how would you grade free agency so far? Are we stronger now than we were before? Or do we need to go out and get some solid picks to fill in important gaps? Will, great question, my man. And you know what? It's tough to say. I'd like to think that we're stronger now, but if you look at the people that left or potentially still leaving, you're talking about Roger Saffold, left guard, a staple on the line. Who have we replaced him with? Nopu, basically, which we still are not really sure what we're getting with him. Obviously, the Rams have confidence in him. They saw some things uh, during some of the time that he got in the games, whether that was preseason or just a few snaps that you know he had to go in and fill in. You're also looking at John Sullivan center. Even though we complained about him near the stretch, he played really well for the two years that he was here. He was basically the quarterback of that offensive line, was able to communicate left and right with the guys, have everyone on the same page. And again, those five guys started together in the last two years more than any other five offensive linemen in the NFL. So uh, to miss those two guys, it's really tough to even look at what we've got moving forward and say that we're getting stronger. Obviously, we've got Brian Allen, another second-year guy that they're really high on. We don't know what they're going to do in the draft. Maybe they go and get another center or offensive lineman that can kind of plug in there. And then on the defense side of the ball, Mark Barron's gone. Not sure if this is really a huge letdown. Uh, we've got some young guys that are going to fill in. Again, some second-year guys that are going to have to step up like Kaiser. Uh, we'll see if Oboe is now finally healthy. and We're going to see him in the lineup. What we're going to do in our draft, uh, continuing to add pieces. Obviously, Matthews has come in, but not coming off of the greatest year. Our safety, LaMarcus Joyner, now plays with the Raiders. We got Weddle to fill. I feel pretty good about that. I think that is probably one of the positions where I feel almost an upgrade at that position. LaMarcus Joyner, very good athlete, ball-hawking type of guy. I know that's very cliche, but he was the big playmate type of guy, big hit guy, uh, but not always in the right position, not always that leader in the back that can help move uh, some of the cornerbacks around and communicate, which we needed when we lost Tlaib, and it seemed to kind of be a mess back there. We didn't have a guy to kind of bring the group back together and really uh, steady the ship. So I think that's what Weddle is going to do. And then, you know, you got Ndamukong Suit, which, uh, again, has not signed with another team, but the Rams came out and said that we're basically done with him. So if you're looking at the overall aspect of people that have come in, Weddle, Matthews, Blake Bortles, re-signing Fowler. I think it's pretty solid, right? I don't know if it's better than where our team ended up in the Super Bowl on that roster-wise. Uh, we'll have to see what Weddle and Matthews can really do at their age and coming into the system. I think they will transfer over pretty well, uh, but that's yet to be seen. So we're going to have to keep a close eye on that. I think the draft is extremely important for us to add some pieces, playmakers that can play now. I know the Rams love to add these guys. Uh, just like I mentioned with Noteboom, Kaiser, Allen, guys that, you know, sat for a year basically and now coming in second year expecting that big jump. Uh, but we saw guys like John Johnson play in his first year. Cooper Cup played in his first year. Obviously, Jared Goff, very limited, but those guys and took big jumps into the second year. And then from second to third year, even bigger jumps. So if that's the progression we're going to see from some of those rookies jumping in and seeing some playing time, then yeah, we could really see an uptick in this roster with youth and with some skill, but those are a lot of questions. So I think in the draft, we have to continue to get players that can, one, contribute now, and two, that we see getting into this building, we can grow them into you know future stars in this league. So that 31st pick, man, has been up for big debate. People really questioning on who could go there. 
We've talked with Jake from Downtown Rams, who we'll have on tomorrow. He's talked about Jeffrey Simmons as one of the guys. He's that defensive lineman from Mississippi State coming off an ACL injury. Most likely will sit out all of next year, which I think is my biggest red flag for him. We're looking for players at 31 that can play. Uh, I really, really do like a trade-back scenario. I know that's been talked about a lot in Rams Nation. In fact, Lockdown Rams NFL, we are actually doing a first-round mock draft that will be airing very soon. And that's pretty much the direction that I'm going to say we went. And we'll kind of discuss that in the next week or so as we start to reveal some of those picks. And we're going to break those down from first to 31st. But really, that looks to be maybe one of our best scenarios. Trade back, get some more picks. That really plays in So that question you asked. You know, what do we need to do in the draft as well to fill in some of these spots? I think the more guys you pick, the more opportunity you have to find that guy that can fit into our system, that really has some talent, that just works with our coaches and can be a playmaker and fill in some of those spots for the guys that left. And speaking of one of those guys that left, Ndamukin Sue, that kind of brings us to our next question, which we will take on the other side. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to get some words from some of our sponsors, our network, let you guys know what's going on. We'll be right back on the other side. Lockdown Rams Tuesday, Bear Modder, right after this. Imagine if I never met the broskies. God's plan. God's plan. I can't do this on my own. Someone watching it close. Yep, close. I've been me since Scarlet Road. Hey, bro. Hey. Might go down as G-O-D. Yep. All right, Rams Nation, we are back third and final segment. We are now kind of into the Twitter Tuesday, or as I put up on Instagram, you could call it a bunch of things, really. Talk to me Tuesday. Throw that out there. See what you like. If you don't like it, just throw it right back. One of my favorites was Mailbag Monday's Little Brother, a.k.a. Tuesday Thoughts, a.k.a. Talk to me Tuesday, a.k.a. Twitter Tuesday. I don't know. I was a little loopy when I sent that out, but I had fun with it. I appreciate everyone that reached out either on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Make sure to go give us a follow. I'm going to start to interact with you guys a little bit more. I've been crazy with moving, with life, and here we are. I'm sitting in my brand new apartment. Finally have a couch. Finally have a my table's all set up, fully set up. It was halfway done for about a week. So I'm going to try to focus a little bit more on getting you guys involved. Maybe do another giveaway, get things excited before the draft. I don't know. I want to hear what you guys think about those draft hats. Not a big fan, but it could be worse. Saw some of those draft hats that were pretty, pretty ugly. Rams not oppressive, but it's not bottom five. It's maybe six or seven, but not bottom five. We'll talk about those uniforms coming up because Nike is under pressure here as they move forward and look to do the Rams in 2020. They just revealed the Jets. Mixed reviews. I'm kind of okay with them. Well, I'll have to see him in action, but I think it's probably an upgrade from where they're at. But again, no one ever seems to be uh, on the same page as far as what they think of Nike's uniforms. And everyone is freaking out what they're going to do with the Rams because a lot of pressure just to keep it simple, Nike. Keep it simple. But we left on the other side before I started to rant about a player that's leaving. And a question that we got, this came from Instagram. Uh, it was a DM from Tyler Ferguson. Thank you so much, Tyler, for reaching out. And he says, what's up with Ndamukong Sue? Why hasn't he signed? Why have we not heard any interest from any teams with him? Is there a chance he could come back and be a Ram still? Tyler, great question. Appreciate it. And it's interesting, man. There's a couple things that go into that. One, I don't think he's going to be a Ram. Uh, Even if we wanted him back, even if a lot of other teams said no thank you, he would literally have to come in and take 
the smallest amounts of money to come be a part of this team. We're just out of money. I mean, talk about the draft picks that we have. And if, even if we get more, we're going to have to continue to pay guys. Uh, you know, there's some extensions coming up for some big time guys that we've talked about. Obviously, Jared Goff being one that we know we've got to save some money for. And I just don't see him coming in for a really, really cheap price. But we didn't see him go in the first wave of free agency. We didn't see him go in the second wave. We haven't even heard of teams interested in the third wave. We've seen uh, him tweet out. Actually, he tweeted out on April Fool's. Uh, he was driving by MetLife Stadium and put like kind of that thinking emoji up. He later came out and said he was in New York for another business meeting. Nothing related to football. He thought he'd prank the world. Uh, it kind of worked because I actually think the Jets are one of the teams that's got a bunch of money. The Jets, the Colts. That could probably look to add a guy like him and be okay as far as money-wise. But really the interesting thing is teams really value their compensatory picks. And I saw actually Ramswire put up something that was pretty similar to this. And uh, I'll share some of the things that they kind of explained on how this plays into the factor in Dominican Sue. Basically, beginning the Tuesday after the draft, which is May 7th, unrestricted free agents no longer have impact on the compensatory picks. That means Sue could sign the largest contract in NFL history and the team that lands him won't lose a single compensatory pick. Unfortunately, that sucks for the Rams. Obviously, we've got some picks coming back from the guys that we talked about. Saffold, Joyner, those guys should get us something coming back as far as compensatory picks. We were hoping if Sue went and signed before the draft uh, that we would get something back from him. But most likely... Uh, that is out the window. Also out the window is probably him coming back to the Rams. That's probably a done deal. He's going to go somewhere else. But this may be one of those things where this gets late into camp. Uh, he's a little bit older in his career. You know, I don't think players mind sitting out those two-a-days and going through some of those early days in practice, uh, You know, especially when you're a little bit older in the career. So we'll see where Sue lands and when that you know pot starts to stir. But as of right now, we really don't even have an idea of teams that are interested and vice versa, teams that he's interested in. I'm sure he'll take less money than last year. Uh, the, the way that he performed, his market probably went down. He did those one of those one-year prove-it deals we talk a lot about. I really didn't prove it until about the last five games of the season and going into the playoffs. So uh, we'll see where his value is when that value starts to come up. But I see him signing closer to camp, maybe even in to a few days, but definitely after the draft, I assume, is when Sue will start to find his landing spot. He has been busy traveling and doing off-the-field work type stuff, so I don't think he's too concerned with it. He's had a long career. He's made tons of money. He will find a spot at some point. I don't think it's with the Rams, though. All right, and last, but definitely not least, I actually saved him for last, Mr. James Kroger. We brought him up earlier in the show, and give him a shout-out. Give him a little at Tell him what's up. Tell him you miss him on the airwaves. We need to get him back. He was our Monday voice. I miss him. Someone make him come back. <laughs> but he hit me up and said, okay, Bear, are we getting more tight end friendly this year in McVay's offense? Question mark. Understanding there would be some chess pieces making moves this offseason. And when we started talking about McVay a few years ago, came up through the Redskins organizations as a tight ends coach, offensive coordinator, in that system with Kirk Cousins, we mentioned earlier in the show, now has a new backup. Again, another connection to the McVay in Minnesota. But he really worked in Jordan Reed and the tight ends. And that was one of the best seasons of Jordan Reed's career was with Sean McVay as the offense coordinator and really working that tight end as almost a wide receiver, you know, putting him up on the line, but still running him out in routes. We've got two guys in Gerald Everett and Tyler Higbee that have shown flashes 
of something really good. And there's a couple guys in this draft coming up that are really good. TJ Hawkinson from Iowa, Noah Fant from Iowa, Jay Strenberg from Texas A&M. There's a handful of guys, uh, you know, even if you look deeper, and we can talk about this tomorrow with Jake, but uh, there's a few guys even late in the draft at the tight end position that look pretty good. And there's been talks that even on some mock drafts around some of the NFL experts that have the Rams potentially interested if one of these guys fall. And I don't think they will, but you know, all mock drafts are different. And I've seen TJ and, and Noah Fant from Iowa even drop down to that 31 pick in a mock draft that we just did on Locked On. We had a trade right before us to sneak up and grab one of those tight ends. So I'll talk to you more about that as once we start to get to that. But, uh, you know, there's some potential interest that we may need to even upgrade that position. But I think we got two pretty good guys that we can move forward with offensively. We've seen both those guys, like I mentioned, show flashes. Gerald Everett at times in that little mini stretch during the regular season was a even a fantasy option that you want to start picking up. I think he had three touchdowns in four or five games. Uh, Tyler Higby had a good run, especially near the end where he was Mr. Reliable and could go to on those short yardage. He had a big touchdown in that NFC Championship game against the Saints. And the way that McVay runs an offense, you know, he continues to be creative, mismatch, bring the attention of the defense to the left, throw back to the right, you know, all those misdirection stuff. And I think that could be a vital key in what we do. And we just haven't seen it yet with McVay. We had the three-headed monster at the wide receiver position. And Jared Goff liked to put the ball down the field, uh, which no complaints here. But I'd love to see a little bit more work from the tight end. So great question from James. I'm not sure if they look to draft somebody. I would say probably not, but I wouldn't be surprised. It is one position where if we went out and got an elite guy to step in and be the true number one instead of having these two go back and forth and trying to figure out. But Everett was the first draft by McVay, South Alabama, if I'm correct. A little small school. He's shown the flash. We just need to see the consistency. And also, we need to see a little bit more consistency in the blocking. And Higby really started to do that near the end of the year. So can we see some growth again into the third and fourth season? Obviously, soon we're going to have to make a decision, most likely next year, on what we want to do with Tyler Higby. So we're at the end of the road with him as far as his rookie contract goes. Uh, will he stay around for that full five years, or will we look to move on? Or uh, what What really the market will be for him? I'm sure there's other teams that would love a guy like him. But right now, especially coming out of the system, but right now we need to figure out where the direction is with tight ends and can they be a consistent part of our offense in 2019? All right, great questions. I really appreciate it. I got one from Twitter, one from Instagram, and one from Facebook. Keep them coming. I'm going to continue to reach out to you guys. Tomorrow, we have got Jake Ellenbogen from Downtown Rams, so another good one from him as we get closer and closer to the draft. We'll talk about that tight end at number 31 or even trading back and looking for one in the later rounds. If you have any questions for Jake, any draft questions, hit me up. You know where I'm at. Lockdown Rams, all accounts, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. LA underscore rambling bear. You can also find our podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google podcasts, and don't forget the new streaming app, Himalaya. Give it a download, check it out, try it out. You can find all of our locked on podcasts there. And don't forget, we've got a locked on Dodgers. Now I'll probably bring that up earlier in the show tomorrow, but locked on Dodgers, man, go check it out. Let me know what you think. Our MLB is off and running and it's been gold so far. So check it out. Appreciate you guys as always. But you know what it is, Rams Nation. Until next time. Peace. And you know me. Turn the O2 into the O3, dog. Without 40 Ollie, there be no me. Magic.
imagine if I never met the broskis. God's plan. God's plan. I can't do this on my own. Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fantasy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.